Greetings, I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. Welcome. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now, if we choose to. Father's Day is just past, and it is right and good as far as I'm concerned that we have a particular day commemorating, honoring fathers as we do mothers. But in addition to Father's Day just being passed and preceding that by a little bit, Mother's Day, We also have the 75th anniversary of the D-Day landing on France's west coast. The 75th anniversary, the overwhelming majority of those men who sacrificially stormed the beaches along the French coast, not where the Nazis believed they would be coming ashore, but nonetheless facing withering reception from the Nazis. The overwhelming majority of these men have been passing away. This generation referred to as the greatest generation. And there can be debate about what constitutes the greatest generation and so forth. But there should be no quibbling over whether this was, in fact, a great generation. A very great generation. Now, there are those who will say, well, no, every generation is equally great. You know, we shouldn't grade these things. There shouldn't be competition and other such nonsense. But with the loss of the generation that won the war, the war following the Great War that was supposedly going to be the last Great War, World War I, that was so costly, was followed so shortly by World War II. And then World War II was followed so shortly by the Korean War, and so forth. But what does it hold for this nation, for the United States of America, and for the free world? What is in store for us? Well, the fall of the Roman Empire, a wee bit ago, was due to many different elements. The Roman Empire was not a good and godly and righteous and honorable and noble empire. Rather the contrary. And during various periods of history in the Roman Empire, during the Roman Empire, it was particularly 
notorious for the most grievous wickedness. But depravity ran throughout the empire, throughout its great gaudy history. But among the major causes that are linked to the fall of the Roman Empire, among those are massive immigration by multitudes of peoples who were not loyal to the Roman Empire. That twinned with, or corresponding to, increasing wars waged from without against the Roman Empire, against the weakened Roman Empire, which eventually led to the fall, the demise of the Roman Empire. Now, the United States of America and the Western nations are not the Roman Empire. But the same forces responsible in such large measure for the fall of the Roman Empire are present in the United States of America and in the Western nations. Massive, massive immigration by so many people that are devoted to, you could say, a religion, but it is something else. It is an ideology, a political ideology, every bit as much as a religion. It was created, it was fashioned by an evil man serving an evil demigod, Islam, this Islamo-fascism, political ideology slash religion that was crafted by Muhammad, the false prophet of false prophets, in servitude to Satan under the pseudonym of Allah. This has permeated and pervaded the European nations, they have welcomed the leaders of the European nations and of the European Union have welcomed this deluge of these people. And the United States of America has too and has embraced this in its military and in its central intelligence agency and so forth. People who are dedicated to the overthrow, the destruction of Christianity and Jewry and any nations that are aligned with Christianity and Jewry. Oh yes, I know there are millions, tens of millions of Muslims who supposedly do not identify with that and who may well not identify with that. But are they good Muslims? Really, you know, as compared to the (laughs) Islamist terrorists who are described by the likes of Condoleezza Rice, as I have mentioned before, as perverting Islam and hijacking Islam. 
and in fact, all of the George W. Bush administration and so forth, have likened the Islamist terrorists to that. They never use perversion with regard to where it should be used. Never pertaining to sodomites. Never. Never. You can't do that. That's just political suicide. But you can use it to refer to Islamo-fascist terrorists as supposedly perverting Islam. Islam, which was the, <laughs> the doctrine of Muhammad, who was a mass murderer, terrorist, destroyer, par excellence, And these Islamo-fascist terrorists are in fact in lockstep with Muhammad and Islam. And these Muslims who are not in agreement with that, frankly, are not being good Muslims. Because they're not being faithful to what Islam truly is. Not a religion of peace, no. It is a political ideology wrapped under a cloak of religion. A wolf in sheep's clothing created with the explicit intent of destroying Christianity and Jewry, displacing them, overthrowing them, destroying them, annihilating Christians and Jews, and enslaving the world. Are they going to succeed? I don't think so. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't believe so. Just as I don't believe that communism will prevail, even though that is the end of communism. And if you go back to the founders of communism, founders of socialism, who were also the founders of fascism, because communism and fascism are both socialist. But you find at the absolute bedrock foundation of this is this absolute bloodthirsty hatred of Christianity and Jewry and hell-bent, passionate intention of eradicating Christianity and Jewry from the earth. It is true in every communist regime. That's not to say that they have always succeeded so brilliantly in that regard, but it's not for want of trying. It's not for want of shedding enough blood and exercising a large enough reign of terror. No, it's simply because God Almighty has not been willing to capitulate to the demands of the evil ones. But the fall of the Roman Empire, obviously, that has no relevance for we modern, enlightened peoples. No relevance whatsoever. So, what about dying planets? You know, it's so popular all of this brouhaha concerning global climate change. Oh, no. 
We're going to all die because of global climate change. And so young teenagers are essentially dropping out of high school, engaging in protests against lack of activism to stop global climate change. So much so that, of course, this one 16-year-old Swedish girl was nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize. Oh, outstanding. Just so outstanding. Stellar. Really tremendous. Any young people opposing the monstrous evil of induced abortion? Oh, well, they're just terrible. But this girl, oh, waging this gallant fight against global climate change. Oh, it is just, it is the most incredible, inspirational thing. Inspiration is breathing life into persons, something that is only accomplished by God, unless you want to take it to refer to artificial respiration, which is not what it's supposed to be referring to. But But no, global climate change. Yes, due to global climate change, our planet will die. Yes. Well, what supposedly, purportedly, causes planets to die? The core solidifies. That molten mass, that molten core solidifies, cools and solidifies. Yes. And then that will cause the planet to die. There are other things, of course, (laughs) Uh, having to do with the gravitational pull, the magnetic center and the orbits and, of course, being struck by other planets and what have you. But what about civilizations? What truly causes civilizations to die. Well, you can use the Roman Empire as an example. Roman Empire supposedly fell, or you could say died, as a result of this massive, massive influx of people who did not hold with the values of the Roman Empire. And we're not loyal to the Roman state. And then explicit violent war campaigns waged against the weakened Roman Empire. But at the root, it was the depravity, the absolute depravity of the Roman Empire, the corruption and depravity, the vileness, the lewdness, and so forth, and the grievous violence, such as was committed against the Christians. Huh. I wonder if there's any connection, any relevance with reference to the United States of America and the Western nations the free nations, the highly developed nations of Europe, Northern Europe and Scandinavia, Western Europe, Southern Europe, 
the UK and Ireland and what have you, and then also even into gradually into Eastern Europe. I wonder if there's any possible connection or relevance. Could there be the depravity that Europe is infamous for? The depravity that the United States of America is infamous for. Do you remember just a few brief decades ago, half century ago, the Soviet Union condemning the United States of America as being decadent? Decadent and depraved. Oh, that was just such character assassination of the United States of America by the Soviet Union. It certainly was a lie. This idea that the United States of America was depraved while the Soviet Union was virtuous. It certainly was a distortion and a falsehood. And if you were to liken the United States of America and Europe now to the Russian Federation under the authoritarian regime of Vladimir Putin and compare it and contrast it with the communist regimes of China, of North Korea, of Vietnam, of Laos, of Myanmar, Burma, Myanmar, and so forth. you would not find the West being decadent and depraved while these other places are virtuous and so forth. No. You would find depravity and decadence in all of them. But you would find a distinctive difference being that in the West, in Europe, in the United States of America, in UK, and the British Commonwealth nations, you will find championing of grievous, grave depravity in the form of the sodomite agenda, the sodomites, sodomy, being absolutely championed, in addition to induced abortion, elective abortion, in addition to euthanasia, murder of the innocents, infanticide as well and all of the other corruptions. Can you find induced abortion over in communist China? You bet. (laughs) State policy. But this matter of championing, promoting, glorifying, glamorizing the sodomites, the sodomite agenda, you won't find that over there. You won't find that in Russia. Don't you remember about Vladimir Putin being denounced, condemned for being anti-sodomite. Don't you remember that? Going back to 
the Sochi Olympics. Oh, what a great controversy and scandal that was about how anti-Sodomite they were. Oh, my. As compared to in the noble West. Yes. It's exciting. But that goes along this championing of evil goes hand in hand with dying civilizations. Dying civilizations. Hitler, good old Adolf Hitler, he believed that if you reach the young people, Soon you will have the world. You will own the world. He said, quote, let me control the textbooks and I will control the state, end quote. Akin to the National Education Association, the AFT, good old Dewey and the rest, the NEA, the AFT and Dewey and so forth the core curriculum, and what have you. And so-called sex education, sexual indoctrination, perversion indoctrination of the youth all the way down to kindergarten. Taking a page out of Adolf Hitler's playbook. Hitler again said, quote, your child belongs to us already. What are you? End quote. When Adolf Hitler took over Germany, January 1933, he took over the young people. He shut down the Christian schools just as Britain is doing. Shutting down the Christian schools. But wait a minute, I thought Britain was in war against Hitler. Yes, Britain was. But now they have adopted the same things as Hitler. Shutting down the Christian schools, requiring all youth to go to public schools, requiring all firearms to be registered so that they could then confiscate them all, which they did. Britain, again, directly imitating Adolf Hitler's Nazi regime. But wait a minute. The British, they have socialist government, socialized health care and socialized everything. Yes, they have socialism. Not the most extreme form of socialism yet. Not like in fascist Germany, the Nazi Third Reich. Not like in the Soviet Union. Not like in communist China. But they have the kind of corruptive, corrosive government regime that was imagined, planned, dreamt up back in 1773 by Meyer Amschel Bauer, who took the name Rothschild. And that was also 
described in 1846, I believe it was, by Karl Marx, was also in the Communist Rules for Revolution of 1919. Yes, in Britain. I know, Western Britain. How is that possible? Really? I mean, surely you must be distorting the truth. Certainly, that could not be true. Oh, yes. Yes, it is. And by 1940, these young people that Hitler had indoctrinated had subjected to enormous unremitting amounts of propaganda, vicious, ruthless propaganda. They were in his army by 1940. But here in the United States of America and in the West, we have this great sodomite agenda promotion. Going back to the Winter Olympics in South Korea, there was this great promotion by major corporations, Western corporations. They identify themselves as international, but they all came out of the United States of America. Visa card, Procter and Gamble, and so forth. Promoting a very explicit sodomite agenda. And they used the Catch line, love has no labels. Yes, outstanding. But again, American companies that are international, huge corporations, including Johnson & Johnson, AARP, that's right, the American Association of Retired Persons, one of the largest, if not the largest, and most effective leftist activist political organizations in the United States of America. Along with, again, Procter & Gamble and Johnson & Johnson and the Southern Poverty Law Center that is absolutely notorious for its promotion of leftist socialist causes. Again, that was during the Winter Olympics. So what has happened since then? (laughs) Well, so many good things along the same line. For instance, I was watching a family movie the other night on the Roku channel. And I'm going to stop watching the Roku channel for this reason. Is that sodomite promotion advertisements that I've seen used for other programs, they were being used in this family, G-rated family movie. Huh. Oh, it was probably accidental. They probably didn't intend to do that. It probably just, you know, somehow got through totally unintentional. Certainly. Of course. Right. Think again. No. Deliberate promotion. 
So who's behind these wonderful things, do you imagine? These wonderful, wonderful, wonderful things like this. Who could possibly be behind it? Well, one of the corporations, again, along with these others that I've already mentioned, is H&M. The name is Hens or Hennis and Moritz, A.B., out of Sweden. Yes, Sweden, dear Sweden. (laughs) They are promoting it. They are the second largest clothing retailer in the world. And they are right behind the number one Spain-based Inditex, which is a parent company of Zara. But yes, promoting this. Now, H&M has a very colorful history. (laughs) But others that are doing the same thing, in addition to those I've already mentioned, I've already named, others like Swedish Ikea. Oh, Sweden is just so enlightened, so good. Ikea. And then Banana Republic and Ray-Ban. That really caught me by surprise, Ray-Ban. But, again, promoting the same things. Before I go on, let me just say this. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. Whatever's right about this program, whatever's good, true, is thanks to God Almighty and His Holy Son, Jesus Christ. Whatever's lacking, erring, deficient, is due to me, Brad Thomas. So, put it squarely on me, by all means. But, I've mentioned time and again this couple quotes by Joseph Pulitzer, and his insistence on the need for public virtue. Public virtue. It's fascinating. How many times can you recall discussions concerning political candidates, expressly, specifically, candidates for president? The same discussion takes place with regard to candidates for U.S. Senate and Congress and so forth. But it is particularly explicit with regard to candidates for president of the United States of America and insistence that their private morality, meaning their private immorality, has no bearing on whether people should vote for them, should support them or not. It has no bearing on what they will do in public life as president of the United States of America. And I have heard this particular conversation over and over and over every presidential election cycle. Oh, no. Oh, you're just, you know, (laughs) you're so such and such, you know, judgmental uh, to have any to criticize any of these stellar candidates for gross personal immorality. That's not relevant. We shouldn't even consider that. It is strictly a matter of what will they do in their public capacity, 
in their responsibilities as president and so forth. It has no bearing what they do in their bedroom, what they do behind closed doors, what they do in the White House personal quarters, what they do, you know, back when they were governor or or when they were senator or when they were whatever all else they were. Whether they were extremely flagrant adulterers, serial adulterers, and so forth. No bearing. And of course, this time around, this presidential election, we have the opportunity to vote for an explicitly proud sodomite candidate. Pete Buttigieg. So it's exciting where we have come in the United States of America that we have made such advancement, such great advances. We have become so enlightened and we have embraced the evil as being good and the good as being evil. And we have corrupted ourselves and made ourselves degenerate and depraved. But, oh, that Joseph Pulitzer, what was he talking about? Public virtue. Public virtue shouldn't ever be mentioned. There shouldn't be any discussion of public virtue. That is not a qualification for anything. Who can say that some person who is rampantly immoral, has been all their lives, Who can say that they won't be the best president? Joseph Pulitzer had these crazy, old-fashioned ideas that there was necessity for public virtue, and public virtue would not exist divorced from private virtue. Oh, we have many, many successful politicians who will use the name of God, say, God bless you, God bless America, this sort of thing, (laughs) regardless what they actually believe. And they will claim that they are defenders of the Constitution. But when they use those terms, they're not referring to the actual factual Constitution, as it was written, as it was intended, more importantly, but rather, it's like a child with their fingers crossed behind their back. When they are swearing allegiance to this nation and to the Constitution and to protect this nation against all enemies, foreign and domestic. It's like a child with the fingers crossed behind the back. They are just lying, lying, lying. Are all of them lying? Well, it seems that way. (laughs) But certainly, the majority are. And if they're running as a Democrat candidate, they are lying. How can you say that about the Democrat Party? I mean, that's just... Terrible. Well, it's true. 
But it is exciting. This nation, this nation which has survived, survived World War I, survived World War II, survived to this point in time, being stripped of the last members of the greatest generation, being corrupted and perverted on an incessant and increasing basis, courtesy of major corporations and their company foundations that are spending fortunes to promote perversity, wickedness, depravity. With regard to induced abortion, elective abortion, the evil of that, I've mentioned before, you know, that goes hand in hand with strident feminism. But interestingly enough, women that were absolutely at the forefront of the women's rights movement, suffrage, women's suffrage, women's emancipation, absolute heroines of that, at the very, very forefront of that, the tip of the spear, Susan B. Anthony, Elizabeth Cady Stanton, were they activists for abortion, for induced abortion? or for prostitution, or pornography, the way that Ruth Bader Ginsburg and her sisters-in-arms are? Shockingly, no. No. Susan B. Anthony, who was stalwart in her opposition to slavery and to legalized prostitution, What did she call induced abortion, elective abortion? Did she call it a woman's right? Did she call it a woman's right to choose? No. She called it, quote, a horrible crime of child murder, end quote. What about Elizabeth Cady Stanton, her sister-in-arms, Again, known for her staunch opposition to slavery, among other things. Well, in an article entitled Child Murder, she referred to abortion, induced abortion, elective abortion, as a crying evil and, quote, an outrage against the laws of nature and our common humanity, end quote. And yet, not only in the Democrat Party, but in the Republican Party, there have been so many enlightened men, yes, who have insisted on selling themselves, and I do say selling themselves, as being pro-choice. Yes, pro-woman, pro-choice, and so forth. 
a horrible crime of child murder. A crying evil, an outrage against the laws of nature and our common humanity. But we don't have common humanity anymore. Oh, you can find it in subsets of the American populace. But the American people as a whole, including those who are here in undocumented fashion, illegally, whatever, whatever term you prefer to use, but the entirety of the American populace does not have common humanity. No. It has done away with common humanity. With medical professionals having to swear to first do no harm. Oh, that's antiquated. Of course, that was suspended during the Nazi Third Reich in Germany. Yes, they did away with the Hippocratic Oath. And of course, if they had prevailed, there would have been no Hippocratic Oath. Well, guess what? They didn't prevail. And yet there is no Hippocratic Oath. Outstanding. Yes, the United States of America. We've come a long way, baby. Really a long way. Downhill. Interestingly enough, there is this conflict between states right now. Some states are passing new legislation to ensure, to guarantee the unequivocal, absolute right to induced abortion right up to birth, full term. States like New York, enlightened forward-thinking, progressive states like New York State. And meanwhile, in some backwards, backwater states, you know, Alabama, Oklahoma, places like that, (laughs) they are passing other kinds of legislation. But interestingly enough, federal judges who invariably step in and stop laws from being enacted when those laws are to protect lives of innocence, they don't do that with regard to stopping laws from being enacted that are to take the lives of innocence. Strange, double standard, but oh well. I mentioned previously concerning so-called euthanasia, so-called physician-assisted suicide that is just progressing so nicely that you go from this medically-assisted suicide, voluntary, you know, it's what they want, to medically-encouraged suicide with the medical professionals suggesting it and promoting it, and then to medically pressured suicide. Coercion. 
and then to involuntary, mandatory euthanasia. But we have had that. Federal judges serving for life, (laughs) but not a life sentence in prison, but serving as judges for life. They've been doing this. They have been handing down sentences of death, death sentences for people, and again, typically young women who have suffered terrible violence or illness and have not recovered sufficiently and have family members or a former husband or what have you who wants them to be put to death. And we have had judges handing out death sentences for people who have committed no crimes, let alone violent crimes. Impossible. That can't be true. Oh, yes. Yes. True. And ensuring that they are starved and dehydrated to death. This has been going on for decades and decades in the United States of America. Not just over in the Netherlands, in the enlightened Netherlands, no. But what about Germany? What about Germany and Europe as a whole? Germany, again, it is beginning to look a lot like pre-World War II Germany in many respects. Yes. And it's so enlightened. Nudity, nudism is very popular, as it was back then. And it has been an absolute welcome wagon center for Muslims, Islamists, providing free housing, free university education, what have you, just outstanding. But Germany, the German leadership of Angela Merkel and so forth, has continually denounced, condemned the leadership of the United States of America unless the leadership was in sync with them, as it was with Barack Hussein Obama. But the United States of America protects Germany. Who are we protecting Germany from? What threat is there to Germany? Putin, Vladimir Putin's Russian Federation. Oh, come now. They're no threat to anybody. No, all they want is peace, world peace and prosperity. Communist China, what do they want? World peace and prosperity. That's all. Nobody wants war. No, no. After all, perhaps you don't recall, but Adolf Hitler wanted world peace and prosperity. That's right. The only reason he built up the German military was to defend Germany from attack from without. That's all. Well, modern Germany, 
They trust in the United States of America. They require the United States of America to protect them. But again, why fear? Who is there to fear? You know, I mean, again, Vladimir Putin's Russian Federation, Xi Jinping's communist China, all they want is peace and prosperity. That's all. They're no threat. They do not need to be feared in any way, shape, or form. No need for concern. Meanwhile, American pension funds are supporting the communist Chinese regime. That's right. And you may read, you may hear about the communist Chinese regime being oppressive and what have you to Muslims. But interestingly enough, again, communist China has a very intimate relationship with Pakistan, with nuclear-powered Pakistan that refuses to agree not to use nuclear weapons first in a war against India, (laughs) even though India has agreed to that. But they do not, no. But communist China, the communist Chinese regime is viciously, ruthlessly anti-Christian. And it has been for its entire history, beginning with Chairman Mao and his dear wife. But, again, United States pension funds investing in and supporting communist China. Oh, well. In addition to that, perhaps you've heard of... and. I, I am reasonably sure I made mention of this in a previous program, such as the immediately previous program. But this company with the name Cadre, which was founded by Jared Kushner and his brother Joshua and their friend Ryan Williams. And it operates from a building in Manhattan owned by the Kushner family. Well, Jared has not divested himself of ownership in that, but that's in keeping with, you know, his father-in-law and so forth. But interestingly enough, this company has stakes, ownership stakes, that have been bought by, among others, Chinese tycoon Jack Ma. Not to be confused with Pa. Jack Ma. Yes. And Russian billionaire Yuri Milner. Hmm. Russia and China. Putin and Xi Jinping. Oh, but these are independent individuals. These billionaires in communist China and in the Russian Federation. They are independent of Vladimir Putin and Xi Jinping. Absolutely independent. But they own 
sizable stakes in Jared Kushner's cadre. And cadre, as recently as last year, was involved intimately in with discussions with the Saudi Arabian regime. Yes, the regime that dear Prince Mohammed bin Salman is a heartbeat away from seizing sole possession of. You know, the fine fellow who was responsible for the assassination murder of Jamal Khashoggi, which was committed at the Saudi consulate in Istanbul, Turkey. But good people. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now if we choose to. Thank you. Thank you.